Welcome back to the Water and Stone Church podcast. This is episode number 60. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I am Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. It's nice to be back. We had a, a very special episode. We learned a lot about ourselves and all of that last time around. So we're back to our regularly scheduled programming. I can't believe this is 60 episodes. I'm I'm fascinated and honored, and I just want to thank everybody who's been listening to us and sharing the podcast and all that good stuff. Well, I think thanking everybody is a wonderful idea, but do you realize that you are astonished every week. <laughs> I mean, that's how numbers work. You know, I have where a, it's just like, you know what? Next week is 61. Are you going to be, <laughs> I'm like the dog. It's like, I don't know how long you've been gone. I don't know where you've been. It could be an hour <laughs> or a year. I have no concept of it. And I'd rather be that way because I'm always happy to see you, but no, 60 is an achievement and I'm grateful. That said, what's going on in your world right now? What's up as we gather around? What's, uh, what's happening? A lot of things. Um, life in general, I think springtime is a beautiful time to kind of, well, we say this at all changes of the season, sure, you, know, you and, know, and we've been doing the podcast for more than a year. So 60 I'm episodes, sure. I just heard. <laughs> oh, what do you know? Huh, are you Let's surprised? talk about 60 episodes. No. <laughs> but I think any time there is a change of the season, maybe more mildly between spring and summer because it's kind of a gradual thing, but sure. when there is actual emotional change or physical change out in the out in the universe, I think that it's a natural tendency to want to kind of clean out and kind of re, you know reassess where you're at and have some have a you know a quarterly kind of okay checklist about how you're doing and and what's going on well it's like a it's a it's our friends up north are going through recovering from storms some of them on the verge of catastrophic storms and all kinds of snow and crazy stuff like that here in florida it's a little bit more subtle i have a personal i'm sure you've noticed this jenny but i have like this this game i play with myself to where can i keep from having to put the heater or the air conditioning on. It's not a, I'm not stingy at all, but it's about like conserving electricity and it's just a game. You know, it's one of those things that's so like, it's been pretty cold here for Florida. It's been pretty cold. And so I do this thing where as soon as the sun comes up, I open the blinds because I want to have the greenhouse effect happening in our house so that it's warm enough to where we can get through the night without having the heater on. And so that's happening. And we're getting to the tail end of my little weird decathlon. That's okay. Yeah. But yeah, the but spring has been absolutely gorgeous here. But we get a lot of pollen. We get a lot of pollen from the oak trees and everything is covered in yellow pollen. And we get those little worms that come down from the oak trees and everything. And it's This is it's, a real commercial for Florida. Oh, well, brought no, to you by the Chamber of Commerce. Hey, listen, Pollen, it's it's worms. better than snow, but I yeah. have to say that it's because we haven't had a lot of rain, the pollen has been particularly bad. Mm -hmm. And so lots of sneezes and, and you know, allergies are allergies are up and everything like that. But it's been absolutely gorgeous. The weather has been perfect. Every time I go outside, I'm like I need to stay outside all day today because I really want to enjoy this because in about two seconds, Florida's going to get really, really hot. Yeah, and it's for for those of you who are listening from other places, 
Summer in Florida is like winter most other places. Up north, you just know when it's super cold, you don't go out so much. You, you, have, to, you have to prepare. It's like going deep sea diving. You have to prepare in a way when you leave the house when it's really, really snowing. Well, in, in Florida, that we just that's the summertime. You plan around where air conditioning is. Right, you go from air-conditioned building to air-conditioned building. When you, yeah. when you, a good parking space in Florida in the summertime has nothing to do with proximity to the building. A Floridian will walk for 10 miles if they can find a parking space in the shade, mm-hmm, that's absolutely. what's up. I've been really grateful for how nice the weather has been. As we record this, we are getting ready to have a church service out in the park. By the time you hear this, we will have had the service, I expect. But uh, we've been really kind of watching the weather, and it looks like it's going to be just absolutely gorgeous. If you know our story, you know that uh, we rent space on Sunday mornings at Harbor Hall at the University of South Florida, St. Petersburg campus, and it's a great building. We absolutely adore the space, but before we started renting there, there was a prior agreement for this one day where we could not use the space, and so we've had to sort of make a lemonade out of lemons and we decided to have sort of a picnic service and if you listen to the podcast or you hang out at the church you've heard us talk about this but as we record this it's coming up and so we're really excited about being out in the park on a gorgeous day and being able to do that sort of thing absolutely i'm super excited about it and Mm -hmm. usually we put the podcast out a little bit early like on saturdays and so if you're listening to this on a saturday evening or early sunday morning you still have time to come to the yeah. 11 o'clock service on 318. Mm-hmm. So, And we won't come. talk about it later during the calendar part, so I'm just going to say right now, North Straub Park, if you go to the website, there's maps and directions to it. It's right between the historic Vinoy Hotel and the Museum of Fine Arts. It's going to be gorgeous. Just look for our signs. You'll be able to see us. Yeah, and, and I have to say there's something really important about getting out into the world. You know, it's it's a it's a constant reminder for us at Water and Stone because we don't own our building and all of that because we have to set up and tear down completely every Sunday morning. There's an awareness that that our permanence, our stability doesn't come from outer conditions. It comes from something inside. And that's a great reminder to have because sometimes people forget that about church and they think that God lives in this one space for an hour a week. And that's a really limiting concept of God. It's a really limiting set of ideas. So it's nice to have that reminder. And being out in the park is a special reminder that God happens where you make room for God to happen. And, and I hope that if you're listening, just take that with you for a minute. God happens where you make room for God to happen. And so being out in the park is a great opportunity for that. And it's a great time to do it. I got to say that being in touch with nature and being out there in the park is a million miles away from some other feelings I've had because even though it's been a few days now, I'm still recovering from the movie that we went to go see a few days ago. Well, we've been seeing a lot of movies. I think this week, I think we decided to catch up on like all the movies Mm -hmm. that we hadn't been seeing. So we saw... Black Panther and Game Night, but we also saw Annihilation, and that was the last movie that we saw, mm-hmm. and that was interesting. Yeah, that was a great movie. I'm a, you know, we're all everybody in this house is a uh, science fiction nerd, and uh, especially what they call, I think they call it hard science fiction. In other words, where it's not just a shoot 'em up or a cowboy movie that happens to be in space, but rather there's concepts that involve science 
uh, more than the fiction. So there's some astrophysics or there's some kind of concept of multiple dimensions. Or, or biochemistry or yeah, that actual, you know, like actual physics involved and things of that yeah, nature. Yeah, like a good example is that movie The Martian, which is a great movie, but it also has to do with actually solving the problem. On Netflix, there was a movie called The Cloverfield Paradox. Mm-hmm. And that is a, another one in the series of Cloverfield movies. And this one, hard science fiction. You know, there's some stuff about parallel dimensions and that sort of thing. Great movies. Super great. But this movie, I wanted to see Annihilation because it's written by a Floridian. And I'm, you know, Florida strong, man. I'm, I'm surprised at how much Florida pride I have. Didn't used to when I was a kid. I wanted to get be anywhere but Florida. But... As, I think that's natural, though. Yeah, I think when you, I think when you're here, younger and, yeah. and, and you're a teenager, you just want to get a, as far away from home and as far away from your parents as you possibly can because you're trying to figure out who you are outside the context mm-hmm. of your family. Well, you're at that Luke Skywalker right. part of your story where you, I just got to get out of the moisture farm. But it's but uh, what happens is is you end up coming back home eventually to the ideas and the pendulum swings back mm-hmm. and it you you balance that out and you're like hey you know what there are some really pretty awesome things from where I come from and where my family comes from and whether you leave physically emotionally spiritually or any other way you have to go in order to come back right but I think so sometimes yeah. anyway I wanted to see Annihilation because it's written by a Floridian and even though they didn't film it here in Florida they actually filmed it in England. But even though they filmed, they didn't film it in Florida, it's supposed to take place in Florida. The novels, and apparently there's a series of novels, they take place in Florida. It was written by a Jacksonville resident and all that. And so it was, I wanted to go anyway, but I'm a big fan of everybody that was in the movie. And I gotta say, I did not expect the kind of movie that it was. The pacing was interesting. The pacing mm-hmm. is very slow. It's, it might be this slow. It's it's one of those movies that's like back in the 70s and stuff where the pacing, it's like Andromeda Strain level or Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the old one, where it really takes a long time to get where it's going. And it, in so doing, it brings you into the mindset of the people who are dealing with this. Well, it 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 kind of goes and questions the idea of what is life? Where does life come from? Where does life start? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> that too. Uh, And I think it also goes into the idea of what can be preserved from damage, whether that is emotional damage or physical damage. It was really interesting the way that they handled a lot of things. But I, and I would argue that the pacing of it was required. Yeah, I think so too. It, It needed to be slow because it took a minute to go get to where it needed to go but you needed that time to process and I think that if it had gone any faster I don't know that it would have been the the same movie no no I think that there's a lot of movies you know you think of like a summertime blockbuster or something like that every couple of seconds you get a little piece of candy it's like et in the reese's pieces you get another piece of candy to move another step along the journey and that's fine i love those kind of movies i'm not being a snob about it however when there's a movie that comes along every once in a while that gives you a little bit more credit that says think this through with me right come on this journey and your the payoff comes like it would in real life after you get some time to explore and reflect and work through something. And I, I felt as though 
it actually, instead of insulting my intelligence, it gave me a little bit of credit. You it know? gives you and a so, lot of credit yeah. and it has, it's a subtle, it's a subtle movie. The, the, the details and are not in your face. It, it, it does require you to think about the ramifications of things and it, it requires you to kind of use your brain. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting for, for a movie to be that subtle, but also completely trippy and psychedelic and otherworldly and everything all at the same time. It was really interesting, the things that they did. But my takeaway was, what are we doing to ourselves? What are we doing to our environment? And just as you said, when you're damaged emotionally, physically, in any other way, the part of you that moves forward is necessarily a truer part. Absolutely. So how do you touch that part? And you don't need to go through a situation with Natalie Portman and, and machine guns to get to that, that place of, you know what, I've been through things in my life that felt slow, frustrating, catastrophic, damaging, psychedelic, whatever. Uh, um, and yet I'm here. That part of me that's here is a truer part of me. It must necessarily be. And I think it's important to reflect on that simply because it's so easy to get right back into the swim of things and just start globbing more stuff onto yourself that's not true. Because it's easy. People do it. And we talk about that all the time. So I don't wanna I don't wanna soapbox that, but I just wanna say, think about the parts of you that have survived the weirdness, the struggle. Those are the true parts. And you know, Put that in your back pocket and go see a movie that you're going to have to work with to get through. And it's worth the journey for sure. So as we dig in, this has been a really science heavy week. Mm -hmm. I think it started. All kinds of reasons. Yeah. All kinds of reasons. Um, earlier in the week, we had the passing of Stephen Hawking. Mm. And, you know, sad, but also kind of happy. He's not trapped anymore. Mm -hmm. He's on to his next adventure doing, doing some awesome stuff. So I think everybody felt a sense of grief, but also a sense of freedom for him. So, so that was really, really, really neat. Um, to a lesser degree, we had pie day 314, <laughs> you know, um, which is also, you know, you eat all, all kinds of pie, pizza pie, when you, you know, fruit pie, cream pie. When you live in a family with a brilliant cook like I do, even the silly food holidays take special importance. It's just everything that happens around the kitchen is a special something around here. You've probably seen Jenny's videos. If you're listening to this podcast, you know about her This, her this Day channel. And so even a food thing, when it's a silly food thing, let's do it. You know what I mean? And everybody in this house is ready for whatever. I, I wish that there were more food-based holidays. Right. And I just want to, it's not actually like P-I-E pie as in, you know, pie. It was, it, it is the, it's the, the pie of the mathematical, the mathematical thing. Constant. Do you know? Yeah, 3.14 and then you lose and then me. You'd, you'd, okay. It goes on forever. I can, I can get a couple. I can get a couple. So it's 3.14159265358. And I think that there's a nine after that, but I'm not like sure. H. No, no I, but I, I, I've, I've, I memorized a couple. You there know, was an episode of, of the old Star Trek where uh, Bill Shatner confounds a robot by having them calculate pi and it, it never stops. And so they can get out of there, which is funny because, I mean, I think even Siri would know the right thing to do about that. But apparently future robots don't haven't gotten the space memo. 
Listen, we that is yeah. not hard science fiction. No, no, just to draw no, the no, no, that's that's not. But anyway, so we're big nerds around here. So yes, we do celebrate Pi Day, and obviously it's March fourteenth, three one four. But and I got to say, there was a bunch of stuff around Stephen Hawking that I thought was really interesting and also empowering and also frustrating and everything else. I think you have to idolize somebody like that. And I don't know how much you know about him. There's, you know, uh, Eddie Redmayne made that movie, The Theory of Everything, which is a gorgeous movie. If you've ever read anything that he wrote, some of it's not so accessible, but some of it's really readable and understandable and just an amazing personality. Great guy in so many ways. And that's just such an understatement. It's not even fair. But I love so much about a person who gives themselves to their brilliance, who stands up for what their dream, what their vision is. And no matter what the field is, I think there's something beautiful about that. And I think you can also count on anytime there's a hero of that caliber, you can count on people being inspired and also on people being doofuses about it. There was some goofy guy on Twitter that said, uh, well, you know, Stephen Hawking's, he didn't believe in God and in heaven and the afterlife. And boy, he's been proved now wrong. Now my condolences to his family or something. It was just really snotty what and a, smug. What a nasty thing yeah. to do. And yeah. so as, and that guy, you know, when I tell people I am a pastor, when we tell people that we are church people, that we're into God stuff, you know, just to be as generic mm-hmm. as you can be, we get lumped in with jokers like that. And so if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably had to deal with, a resistance to being lumped in with that or being lumped in with that or whatever. As we've talked about a number of times before, we had the decision before us when we started Water and Stone whether or not to call it a church. Now, it wasn't a it wasn't much of a decision. We knew we wanted to call it a church, but there are people in our religious neck of the woods who don't use words like that. And I don't agree, but I understand because you don't want to be lumped in with people who say mean things, with people who do things like picket at funerals and all of that kind of stuff. And I think my point for this part of the conversation is just that if we are people of faith, we must have faith in other people. And that means understanding that you don't know everything. What? Yeah, I know, right? I, um, <laughs> and I hear you. And I think... The concept of science and religion and how they can combine is a really interesting one because, you know, we have we have those people that are like, all right, intelligent design and, you know, humans were around at the same time as the dinosaur were, you know, all of that. It's like, ugh. And, and I just, being a person who grew up loving the sciences, loving math, loving all of the hard evidence of it. I think the argument is absolutely on the other side of it. I think that when you're talking about science or evolution or any of that, I think you can't help but see God's stuff in it. The idea of something that is so infinite, whether you're looking at space or grains of sand or blades of grass, there is there is examples of the infinite in every corner of the planet of everything that we look into and yes you can get there mathematically but you also have to go oh my goodness this is awesome and not like you know like totally awesome you know gnarly (laughs) dude but like in in awe of of 
everything that is here. I think that it's really important to understand that every real scientific hero, you talk about Stephen Hawking, you talk about Neil deGrasse Tyson or Carl Sagan or Albert Einstein, uh, Richard Feynman, on and on and on, all of these amazing, brilliant people. And there's so many more. But one of the things that they have in common is a sense of awe. Mm -hmm. For them, and necessarily for them, for every real person of science, science is open at the top. In other words, there's always room to, to have more. Science is not meant to put a cap on anything. Nothing is ever done in science. And I think that that is a healthy attitude to have in life. The thing is, you know, I, I do believe in an afterlife. I do believe that life goes on. But I'm not interested in trying to argue with someone who has passed on who didn't believe that, especially when they're not in the room anymore. That's awful cocky right. and very negative and the opposite of helpful. Stop it. And that's the thing. Jesus is very careful over and over again to say in one way or another, God is infinite and you are finite. Be on this journey. The quote that I like so much and the quote that I'm actually going to use in my talk uh, this Sunday is when Jesus says, God is still working. My father is still working. And so I'm still working. The idea is that this is an ongoing thing. And that is the way when you're a person of faith, faith is not supposed to get you to a place of done. Faith is supposed to get you to a place of trust. And that's very different. I think that there are people within the religious world who are very smug. I know everything. I am done. And if you don't agree with my finality, then you are wrong. And in fact, you're going to burn, let's say, or you're going to be punished in some way and all of that. There are religious people who are way more guilty of self-satisfaction, smug, close-mindedness, way more guilty of that than anybody wearing a lab coat. So I think that it's really healthy to go, Wait a minute. Science says we're going to keep exploring forever. This thing in front of us is infinite. If your idea of spirituality is so that you can put a cap on things, then you've got something to learn. The quote I wanted to share is an Albert Einstein quote. He said, I have no special talents. I am only passionately curious. I love that. Yeah. I, I think the challenge is, is if you're trying to fit everything in a box so that you feel safe and you feel comfortable. But the truth is, is that that's an illusion there. You don't know everything. And your job is to try to learn as much as you can try to grow as much as you can. And why can't there be both? Exactly. There, there must be both. There must be science and religion. And the two just mesh so beautifully together. If you really get down to it, it reminds me of, remember when Raina was little and we would give her a choice and we'd say, okay, you can have this one or you can have, you can have this cookie or you can have this cookie. Right, sure. And she would look up at us and she's like, why not both of them? Yeah. And, and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, that's what I'm saying today. Why not both of them? Yeah. You know, and I don't really see a conflict there. And I'm sure if you got some hardcore, you know, religious right person that was like, no, blah, blah, blah. You know, God said it. I read it. That's the truth. You know, where they really take the Bible literally, I would say, okay, why aren't you doing that in, in all of your life then? If that's what you believe, 
you need to follow that. Otherwise, you're breaking the letter of the law that you, that you have just said. Right. And Otherwise, I think it's really, it's, eh, how, well, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit and it's not doable. And it, more than that, I would argue it doesn't feel right. Well, think about it for, that's the judge. Yeah. Think about it, feel time? about it for a minute and, and you will come to the conclusion that, hmm, and the, What's so funny, and I'll get off my soapbox in a minute, but <laughs> what's so funny is that you have people that are in that same sort of group of people, and, and not to pick on that group of people, but by and large, you know, somebody that's going to believe that, that, you know, God said it, I read it, that's the truth, out of the Bible, fundamentalists, uh-huh. all that sure. stuff. They're also going to be the people that don't believe in global warming, even though the evidence is is there. And yet and still... I betcha they turn on the the news every single morning to see what the weather is going to be like before they leave their and house. And there's a scientist there. And there's who's a got scientist a there that is actually yeah. measuring degrees and pressures and and watching the flow of the jet streams and everything else. So okay, you know what? If you're going to pick a side, that's fine. But come on, you know, well, go all the way with it. That's a, that's my yeah. challenge with it. But there's you know, a lot anyway. that you said there, and I think that. That first of all, we could have a whole episode, and we should, about Bible stuff. And one of the things, and we've talked a little bit about it here and there. Obviously, the Bible comes up in one way or another all the time. But I would argue that you can't take the Bible literally. There are so much, there's conflicting stuff in there because it was not, it's not a book that dropped out of the sky. It was written by a lot of different people. And I do believe that it's the inspired word of God. But just like real life. God gives us inspiration. That's where every idea, every dream, every hope, every wish comes from. It's all God talking to you. I really believe that. But it gets filtered through what you've got going on and your past thing and your axe to grind and your whatever. And so the Bible is beautiful. It is our textbook. But you cannot take all of it literally. And most people who say things like that, the Bible says it, that settles it and whatever, aren't really doing that. I mean, there's a guy, A.J. Jacobs wrote a book called The Year of Living Biblically, and he followed all of the rules yes, in the Old I Testament. remember that. And his wife just about killed him, but it's there's a lot of funny things about it. He kind of points out that this is not how this goes. And remember, if you get into the New Testament, even Jesus says, paraphrasing, which is appropriate for what we're talking about, mm-hmm. basically Jesus says, look, just love each other. Love God with everything you have, and love your neighbor as yourself. And if you do that and really do it, you're going to be upholding what you need to uphold. And so in other words, the idea of being literal about it, the idea of getting to a place of doneness is impossible. And one way to think about it is if you think about the Bible as a set of laws, think about the laws of our land with the idea being that you can't, you know, we keep making laws because life changes. People change. What we need changes. Our ability to deal with each other and with other countries and so on changes. And sometimes laws are made for the better, for the worse, but they, there's always reasons. Right. And it's partly, it's because as life moves on, we must necessarily move on too. And we even go back and revisit old laws that don't apply anymore. Absolutely. And that's really, because laws were made by human beings. Yep. The spirit of the law is divine in origin, I believe, but it's made by human beings who are doing their best to interpret it. But we get smarter. Science is really good at being open to that and going, you know, that theory we used to have about 
the earth being at the center of the universe or whatever, turns out not so much. But because we keep digging and we keep exploring, we find out new things and it makes life better when we're open to it. Well, everything is like everything. So I want us as religious people to be more open in that way. But here's the funny thing, just as you pointed out with, with watching the weather, that synthesis comes out whether you want it want to Want it or to not. or not. Right, exactly. And you, you're living in, if you're living in the world, science is happening. Yeah. Gravity. And that's awesome. I, re- I want the <laughs> you know, person I mean, who figured out how anti-lock brakes work to be really good at their job. Absolutely. You know, I want that. To, I want them to be a scientist. If I have to go to the emergency room, I want that person wearing the lab coat to be at the top of their scientific game. But I also want them to believe in life. Right. You know, with a capital L. I want both. And that's not too much to ask. But I would argue somebody that chooses that profession does believe in life, whether they believe in a higher power or they believe in some sort of afterlife, they would not have chosen that job. Nurses don't choose the job for the money. Right. You know, I mean, come on. It, it, I <laughs> no, mean, maybe, it's like being maybe a school you teacher. Could, yeah, yeah. You could maybe argue that doctors do, but even still. And maybe some do. But and maybe some most do. Most of the doctors but I think, I've known, not so much. Exactly. I really think that there is a there is a higher calling there. And so it's not about whether you believe in God or not or believe in any kind of a higher power. That's not one. But like you said, it's whether or not you believe in life. And, and I think that there's an acknowledgement of there is this beautiful system, our bodies that is there that it, we're still trying to figure out that we're still trying to, um, figure out when things go right, when things go wrong, how, how it goes about. And, you know, and it gets a little annoying because one year you're supposed to eat eggs, the next year you're not supposed to eat eggs and they're still struggling, but you keep trying and you keep growing and you do the best that you can with the information at hand. You think of, think of all kinds of things. Think of Jacob wrestling with the angel. The idea is you are in this process. When you think about science, what you think about is somebody who is operating in absolute trust that the answers exist. That's why they do the things that they do. I completely trust the answers exist, and I'll get there if I keep trying. But I also know that those answers will lead to more questions, which will lead to more answers. This is a never-ending process. The, the, uh, a true scientist is not ever trying to put things in a box. They're trying to take the walls of the box down, right? Mm-hmm. Let's keep on going. Well, what that describes also is faith. Yes. That's what faith is. Faith is saying that that my certainty is not the same thing as being done. My certainty has to do with trusting a bigger process, not in knowing that I've got the answers to everything between my ears. There are quote-unquote religious people that are way more closed off than anybody scientific. But like I said, that synthesis will come out one way or the other. And so just like everything else, the trick is to be conscious of it. Because if you're not conscious of it, you can make some nutty choices. There are people within the spiritual realm that go, oh, well, I have this special practice I do that is really scientific. I wear this crystal and it vibrates at a right frequency. To No scientist in the world would say that that's a real thing. You're really talking about faith in a false idol. And if that gets you through the day, then more power to you because any faith is still faith. Right. However, come on now. Or, you know, and we talked a few episodes ago about the the Himalayan salt lamps. The salt lamps. Yeah, I was going to say that. Let's just cut to the chase. They don't release ions. 
for for a salt a piece of salt to release ions it would have to be heated to a liquid state that would reduce that would release a poisonous gas you don't want it to do that no. right no, so no, no. that's silly but people go oh it's science it's just science that we're all energy yes yeah, so what that's not the point right because you're more than anything physical you're also spiritual right there's more to it so if you're not conscious of it you can make some bad choices and the bad choice dwells in the idea that somehow science can be used to get to a place of being done with your journey mm-hmm. and people go oh well i've got my spirituality figured out because i bought the right thing i've got my spirituality figured out because i i went to the right seminar and dr scratch and sniff tells me that if i you know, if I say pleasing words to this bottle of water I'm about to drink, that I'm going to, you know, have better relationships with the ions in my body. and My pH is going to be just right. And an actual scientist would go, well, no, because of X, Y, and Z, it doesn't work that way. And so the person goes, oh, well, that's what I believe. Okay, well, you're really talking about faith then. You're not talking right. about science. Don't, don't call it science if you're not really open. And I was going to say, that's okay because I I really truly believe that there are places that we can go. You know, you, you look at the miracles of Jesus that, uh-huh. you know, we're not able, you and I are not able to perform yet. I'm not able to turn water into wine, much to my disappointment. <laughs> but I believe that you can get there. We just don't understand what it takes to get there yet. The works and I do, you shall do exactly. also. And I think that that is our job. And regardless of whether you can explain it scientifically or you can or you can explain it just simply by faith, I think both ways work, but you are allowed to accept both. You're allowed to have both in your life. You don't have to exclude your the science or the or the religion. I think our job is to be able to, if the miracle happens, okay, how did that happen? Let's take a look at that. And that's the scientific process. Right. So yes, again, I say, why not both? Well, that's the thing. Real science is faith. Mm-hmm. And real faith is open at the top. It's not used to make you smug. That's the thing. Here's where science comes in. Absolute trust that answers exist. Let it be a forever journey. That's science. Here's where science comes in too. If it can be done by one person, it can be done by all. I believe in the miracles of Jesus Christ. And he said that you shall do these works too. So that's good enough for me. I'm working on it. And just like Jesus, the job is not so that people can gather around and go, look at this cool thing you did. The job is to make everybody free. Mm -hmm. That's the point. And so if you are closed off whether you're closed off because you think you bought the right trinket or you're closed off because you put your faith in an object instead of in yourself or you're closed off because you can't handle anybody being different than you if you're closed off you're not only not scientific you're also not a person of faith and let's fix that because just like einstein the job for us is to be passionately curious that makes room for mighty works So it's time to listen up. And you, do you have a question this week? 
I do have a question this week. The question comes from Michael E. And actually, before I read the question, I want to let you know that the way to send us questions, th- there's a bunch of ways. Ah, uh, yes. I always, I always forget this part. <laughs> well, because we get the questions. People are sending us questions, but I, I want everybody to know, just in case you don't know how, we are very, very active on social media. You can find us all over the place. The easiest way probably is to uh, visit our website, waterandstonechurch.com and uh, go to the contact us page, that sort of thing. There's lots of ways. You can even just email info at waterandstonechurch.com, and Jenny and I both get those emails. And so there's lots of ways to send your questions in. This question comes from Michael E. As I said, thank you, Michael. Here's the question. I know somebody who's having a hard time. They say they want to get better, but their actions don't match their intention. How can I help? Well, he's probably talking about me. I wonder if he knows. <laughs> Michael, do you know me? No, but honestly, I, I think that this is a pretty standard problem about... Your eyes being bigger than your stomach, so to well, speak. Well, and, and you you can see the prize. You know, it's like it's like when you're at the carnival and you see the big teddy bear <laughs> and you know, you know, it's like all I got to do is knock those bottles down. Um, and, and you know what you're supposed to do, but sometimes it can feel impossible because the bottles are all glued together. Or, you know what I mean? Well, or, like... well, well when, what I was thinking of for sure, but what I was thinking of too, is one of those where it's like, I know that I want to lose weight. I know that I want to feel but better donuts. with my body, but their donuts are, you know, for, for 79 cents, I can, that donut can be mine Oh, absolutely. and I will feel really good for the three or four minutes that I'm eating it. Well, for the four or five seconds that I'm eating it, let's be honest. (laughs) But you know what I mean? And so part of it is just everybody knows those experiences, but it goes deeper than that too. I think that on paper, everybody knows. I mean, I say, you know, we just got done talking about it. Jesus said, the works I do, you shall do also. And if you really look at what Jesus said and did, there's a there's a level at which you go, yeah, okay. I get that. He said our father, I get that. Okay. I want to do that. He was his whole ministry was teaching people how to go and do and be this thing over and over again. Jesus saying, I it's not me. Your faith has made you well. God in all of us is what is the key to all this. Stop judging by appearances. Look deeper than that and do something about it. Over and over and over and over and over and over again, Jesus says these kind of things. And it doesn't take a Bible scholar to go, oh, okay, I get that. It reminds me of when the kids were a little bit younger uh-huh. and their rooms would be a complete disaster. And <laughs> Versus now. Well, I wasn't going to throw them under the bus, but whatever. And I know that they function better when they had to study for a test. They function better in a clean space. I'm not saying that everybody does, but I think most people do. Sure. Most people think more clear. They're more calm in, a, in an organized, clean space. I, I think that that's pro- probably universal. And I would say, hey, you know, if, if you're feeling stressed, go tidy up your room. Go tidy up your room. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Yeah, mom, I know. I really like it when, when my room is clean. Yeah, I know I have to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then what would happen is that I would just keep asking them, hey, did you, <laughs> did you get your room clean? And I, I think that I still do that with not only the kids, but I think I do it with friends in my life. If you tell me that you have a goal, that you are trying to get out of something, and, and I don't mean this to be like in a jerky way, but I am the person 
that will help hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you did you call that person yet? Hey, did you send out that resume to your dream job? Why not? Go ahead. You know what? Do you need some help? Hey, have you done that yet? Have you done that yet? And I think that if you want to help somebody, just being that person, again, not in a horrible, naggy kind of way, but in a really coming from a place of love to help support them. And even if they get to a place where like they just do it because they want you to shut up, just like my kids do to me. I think it's I think it can be absolutely effective. So if you're looking for sort of the answer of how do I move this person past this because I I want them to succeed, I want them to feel better, I want to have them have that in their life whatever they're trying to achieve, can you be the person instead of going oh man, you know, that person is just not doing it. I see, oh, they're making wrong choices. Can you be the kind of person that says, hey, have you done that yet? Can you do that? What can I do to help? How right. can I How can I get you to the next step? And they may be able just from that little bit of encouragement either to get themselves to the next place and whether they're listening to you positively or negatively, Again, if they're just trying to get you to shut up, maybe they'll do it. But maybe also they'll find motivation in the fact that, wow, I've heard this enough time from this person. They really think I can do it. Heck, I'm going to go give it a shot. Well, and I think that that's a really healthy transition. I'm sure that a lot of the time our kids would clean their room because they wanted you to quit nagging them, not because they had a, a larger goal in mind. But at the end of the day, they got the benefit from it. And over time, now that they're adults, I think they would look back and go, it wasn't that there was some kind of weird uh, clean room agenda as much as it is she wanted us to have healthy lives. You right, know? self-care and, so and... that Yeah, right, that little of bit of faith can lead to a big picture. And big picture thinking is really what we're talking about because... I do the thing I do because I want to feel good. And so I can do the quick thing that might seem like it feels good or it might even feel good in the moment or I can make an investment in a larger process that does take work because you know what? Life takes work. We're here to work out our own salvation, as Paul said, to get better. It's work. So sometimes it takes a little bit of effort and the cornerstone of that effort is a little bit of faith, a little bit of self-esteem. If I decide that I'm not worth it, then I'll make the quick hit choices that just quiet the internal yearning. And here's what happens. God puts a desire in your heart for you to go and do and be more, for you to be loved and to love others, for you to flourish and thrive in all kinds of ways. God puts that desire in your heart. But that desire gets filtered through what you feel that you deserve, among other things. So if you don't feel like you deserve real love, you've still got that desire in your heart, you might decide that temporarily I'm going to address that desire by engaging in drama or being in a superficial relationship or, or whatever. In the long run, it's not helpful, and in fact, it can make things harder for me. But in the short run, I didn't really make the problem go away, but I got mom to quit nagging me, so to speak, in that moment. You know what I mean? In the same way that if I real quick shove all my my dirty clothes in the closet, maybe she won't notice. Yeah. But wait till you need a clean pair of socks. (laughs) You know, it's life is like that. And, you know, it makes me think of those shows, you know, like my my 900-pound life or whatever those shows are called. 900-pound life, yeah. You know what I mean. I don't know. No, I'm just teasing you. But inevitably, the show is 
here is someone who is in real physical danger. And they are on the verge of, you know, your heart could stop. You have to quit this lifestyle. It's really bad. If you eat any more pizza, you are going to You're going die. to die. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. And and I'm not making fun of anybody. No, you know, no, everybody's got stuff they're working on. But it just so happens that the people on the shows, that's what they're working on. Mm-hmm. But inevitably, it's not them. There's somebody in their life who's bringing them chicken McNuggets. Right. And the doctor will say, why are you doing this? You're killing the person. And they say, well, it makes them happy in the short term. Or if I don't do it, they get mad. Right. And it's one of those things where it's got to be okay with you that that person might not be happy in the short term, might even be mad at you in the short term if you stand up for healthy living Mm -hmm. in whatever way makes sense. Whether it's, you know what, I love you so much that I'm not going to bring you chicken McNuggets or I love you so much that I'm not going to sit still while you get in another damaging relationship. I love you so much that I'm not going to go hang out with you in this negative place because that's not really what friends do. Well, and it goes back to what we always say, love just loves. So if you really see this person and they're, um, going through this challenge and you know that they can do better, you know that they're making some choices that are not as healthy as they could be. It is our duty. It is our job. If you really do care about that person and love that person, yeah, you have to speak up. You have to say something. And I think that you can come from a place where you say, look, it feels like you're taking what seems like the easy way out. It feels like you're not getting the kind of care and the kind of time that I think you deserve because I think that you're awesome. You deserve some care. And so it might be that there are positive ways or sometimes you have to put your foot down and sometimes somewhere in between where you say, look, this is the nature of my friendship with you. I love you so much that I am not going to engage in this dysfunctional whatever it is. And I am here cheering you on. And no, I don't know everything. I'm not trying to run your life. But you have put out this intention that you want to do things better. You know what better looks like. And I know that it's hard. Everybody's got stuff that they're working on that is very challenging. Because life doesn't give you more than you can handle, but it can give you right up until just about everything you can handle, you know, because that's how growth happens. You know, if you're trying to build muscle, it doesn't do you a lot of good to lift a little teeny weight. You've got to lift just about as much as you can lift. Because that's how your body knows to kick in. Well, everything's like everything. So you can say to the person, look, I know it's hard. I'm not telling you that your struggle is nothing. But I am telling you that it's worth it. I'm telling you you're worth it. And, you know, you can be mad at me if you want, but I'm not going with you to the fast food place, so to speak. I'm not going with you to this emotional fast food place. I'm here cheering you on, doing something else. And you know what? We can't fix other people. They may or may not hear that message, but that's your job to be steadfast and just see them empowered, see them free. In your prayer time, and I hope they're in your prayers every day, in your prayer time, don't go, God, will you please fix that person? That's not how this works. In your prayer time, just see them free. You might be the only person in the world that sees them triumphant right now. But be that person with all your might. Love your neighbor as yourself, so to speak. And watch what happens when you just love them through it. They may grow. They may not. 
but you stand by what's right. All right, this is the part of our show where we check it out. And that's the part where we tell you all of the things that we're doing, all the places you can find us doing it, and all of that. And uh, I want to let you know that one of the best places to find out what we're up to is our website, waterandstonechurch.com. There's a calendar page there. There's a gather page that has all kinds of information, maps and directions to everywhere we're going and all that. So your first stop should be waterandstonechurch.com. But I'd also like to just take a few minutes and let you know about some specific things that we do on a regular basis. One of those things is our Wednesday sunrise walk. And we meet at North Shore Park at 7.20 a.m. every Wednesday morning. We walk for about a half hour, get some coffee, walk back for a half an hour. It's a wonderful time. It's a nice way to get over that hump day and to just something in the middle of the week that's just going to give you some inspiration yeah. to, to get through. It's a wonderful way to say good morning to, to the city, to say good morning to God, to, to be a part of that and just get out in the world. You'll be back in time to go to work and all that kind of thing. It's always beautiful. Even in the hottest part of summer, that time of the morning is always beautiful. Right there on the water, there's always a nice breeze. And right now, the weather is incomprehensibly gorgeous. So be there with us. About 7.20 in the morning, we meet at North Shore Beach. It's a big park. So if you're going to be there, please drop us a line. We would hate to miss you. And you can you can text the church. The phone number is on the church website. You can send us an email. Once again, info at waterandstonechurch.com gets to both of us. Send us something on social media. But please let us know because we don't want to miss you. The other thing that we do on a regular basis is our Sunday sunset celebrations. We meet a half hour before sunset, and now we're meeting a about seven o'clock and we meet at St. Pete Beach and we park across the street from Dolphin Village. And again, on the website is going to be directions and the address and everything like that. But once again, it is a routine in the week to put one week to bed and get ready for the next. It is a lovely way. We usually go get ice cream or coffee or something afterwards because being out there inspires ideas and the community in our church family has, it has been such a touchstone for, for all of us. So I'm, I'm really encouraging you, if you haven't been, come and check it out because it really is amazing. Yeah, and it's, it's super informal. It, just come out and we just sort of say goodbye to one week and give thanks for the week to come and all of that. It's, nobody gives a talk or anything like that. We just hang out together and, and it's, it's become sort of an informal support uh, community. And it's just really, really beautiful. I also want to let you know that there are a number of uh, videos that come out on a regular basis. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, and you can look for Water and Stone Church on YouTube. But the easiest thing is to go to our website, once again, waterandstonechurch.com. If you scroll to the bottom of any page of the website, there is a link to all of our social networks, and, and uh, YouTube is one of them. Click on the YouTube channel. Go and hit that subscribe button. You're not going to want to miss anything that goes on around here. There are always videos that come up from the previous Sunday's talk, and so I'd love for you to catch up that way. And almost every Wednesday, depending on the, the schedule, I have a little talk that I do about some kind of uh, new spiritual principle. Right now, the series I'm working on is called The Helper, and it's really focused on what it is to go and live these ideas 
And it's been really great. Right now we're working through the Beatitudes, which is a really great uh, place to start when you're trying to put your beliefs into action. And sort of the star of our channel, the thing that, that I'm really excited about is Jenny's show. It's called This Day. And right now we are in the midst of Easter season. So if you want some ideas for your Easter table, head over, watch a couple of those videos, get a little bit of inspiration about why we celebrate Easter, how we do it, how we um, go through Lent and Palm Sunday and the Last Supper and of course Easter morning and what all of that means. Head over there. You won't be disappointed. And it's just such a joy for me to do. I love doing it. It shows. And it's it's amazing but go subscribe to the channel hit the notification bells for all the shows also on youtube is has been the sunday services so if you've missed anything that Dieter has said go you can watch the whole thing you can catch up you can catch up on the series and then show up on sunday morning <laughs> and it's and it's awesome well speaking of that every sunday morning at 11 o'clock you can find us at harbor hall that's at university of south florida st pete campus the street address is 1003rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. I believe the zip is 33701. Yes, it is. But uh, you probably don't need that. Your phone knows how to get you there. You can look for Harbor Hall. It's where the Salvador Dali Museum used to be before they moved into their new building. If you know St. Pete, you know that. Or if you really know St. Pete, it's just about a block or so north of Thrill Hill. That'll, put, that'll set you back. But anyway, come join us at Harbor Hall at 11 a.m. every Sunday. It is a life-changing experience. It sure has been for me. Well, speaking of Sunday services, I just want to let everybody know that we are planning a beautiful Easter service. Yeah, something special. Again, it's going to be a couple of weeks from now. Obviously, April 1st is Easter. And no fooling. Sorry. No, it's for it. real. It's Couldn't for, help it. Yeah, Couldn't help yeah, it. It's for real. But join us at 11 a.m. If you're looking for a church home, if you're going to be in the area, if you are if you listen to the podcast on a regular basis and you're down here for spring break or something along those lines, come on by, visit our church. You won't regret the time that you spend with our church family. It is life-changing and it is so, so inspiring. Yeah, there's a lot to say, but I, we're growing in all kinds of ways. But we're not really interested in what they call big church. This is a family. And by golly, it's always going to feel like a family, no matter how many people show up on a Sunday. It's getting bigger and bigger. But there's real love and a genuine sweetness, a genuine sense of belonging that I've been all over the place, man, and I've never seen anything like this. I'm so grateful for this church family. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. So come check it out. A lot of people don't go to church a lot, but Easter is one of those times when, well, we should go to church. Check us out. Find us on the website. There's maps and directions and all that kind of stuff. But the best way to stay in the loop is to text I am ready, all one word, I-A-M-R-E-A-D-Y. Text I am ready to 84576. That's 84576. If you do that, you'll be in the loop for all of this stuff. We send out Usually we send out one text message a week, and if you put in your email, you'll also get our email newsletter once a week. It's not a crazy amount of spam or anything like that because I can't stand that. I wouldn't do it to anybody else. It's a great way to find out what's going on, and also when you get a text, you can text back and I'll see it. So if you have another question or something, you can let me know that way as well. All right, Dieter, it's time to wrap it up. The thing I think about when I think about scientists is there's a, there's a great picture of Albert Einstein. 
and you've seen the picture. If you probably if you Google for Einstein, it'll come up in the Google images. But it's just this wonderful picture of him, and he's got this look like the lights are on in everybody's home. That's what I always say. And there are some people in my life who have shared that look, and some of them have been physicists, and some of them have been ministers, and some of them have been all kinds of stuff. But it's that look. It's the idea that, you know what, I live in trust, but my trust is borne out not through me sitting still and trying to hold the world back, but no, my trust is borne out through work. I'm working through this with God. That's what being a co-creator means. I'm interested in the idea that what another person has done, I too can do. Whatever you're working on, somebody else in the world has gotten through it, so so can you. That's science. That's faith. It has to do with not just openness, but passionate curiosity about the universe and the ability to be okay with a never-ending journey. Your story never ends. Let's just be about it. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the comfy orange couch. And the head honcho of Pinfeather is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She edits all of these podcasts. We're so grateful for that. And she is one half of the music you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. This podcast is solely supported by you. And man, oh man, there's all kinds of things you can do about that. Share the podcast. Everything we do, the podcast, our blog posts, all of our YouTube movies, everything we do is infinitely shareable. Like it, subscribe to it, share it with somebody else. Because if you've listened this far into the podcast, hopefully it's made some kind of an impact on your life. That means it can do the same for somebody else. So take just a minute to tweet it, Facebook like it, share it, subscribe it, print it out and put it on the bulletin board. Do something to share. It helps spread the word. And that's why we're here. So that's one of the main ways you can support it. Another way you can support this podcast in particular is go to wherever you're listening to the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Alexa, whatever it is. Go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and write us a five-star review. Just take a minute and click review and click that fifth star. If you want to write something, you can, but you don't even have to. Just click the fifth star because a five-star review lets the powers that be know that this podcast is worth promoting to a larger audience. It's huge for us, and it'll only take you a minute. We have a donate page. If you click at the top of uh, waterandstonechurch.com, you click on the support page, you can donate to us electronically. You can also shop at Amazon Smile. It doesn't add anything to the price, but it helps keep the lights on around here and all that. There's a lot of ways you can do that, and we give thanks for all of that. But honestly, the most important thing you can do is show up. Come be with us on a sunset or a sunrise walk. Come be with us on a Sunday morning. It is a life-changing experience. And isn't it time for some change in your life?